Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. This is Rumors of Instinct, and you are listening to the Rumors of Instinct podcast goes to the movies. That's right. Namaste and shalom, everybody out there. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. So join us. And by us, I mean Rumors of Instinct, Godzilla, and King Kong. As we begin a cinematic experiment in which I will be reviewing the movie uh, in real time for the podcast as it streams on HBO Max. Um, you know, obviously, if you haven't seen it and don't want to have it spoiled for you, you know, this is your time to disembark on the train, but for everyone else out there, I will be reviewing the movie's points as it plays in real time. I will be uploading, a obviously, a preview of the audio uh, with the imagery for YouTube, uh, library, uh, and Odyssey. So definitely, I appreciate you guys following on any one of those social media platforms and pages. Um, if you like what I do on the podcast, check out the YouTube. If you like what I do on YouTube, check out the podcast. Um, available for free. Um, 80 episodes on the podcast to archive and portfolio to, uh, to watch and, and binge on. Um, 300 plus videos on the YouTube, so thank you all very much for your following. Uh, my my progress and my channel's uh, productions. Check me out on Instagram at Rumors of Instinct. Uh, there you can find my link tree. There you can uh, catch daily updates for my projects, for my videos, for my interviews, uh, podcast appearances, things like that. So thank you all very much. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I am Rumors of Instinct. Now we're going to be watching Godzilla vs. Kong and dissecting its disclosure, dissecting its imagery, its symbolism, and basically just enjoying ourselves because, you know, these are very serious times and we are very serious people, generally talking about very serious things. But now we are going to be having, you know, a little bit of uh, luxury and relaxation, recreation. It's what the movies are there for, it's why we love them. So it starts basically with Kong uh, breaking the fourth wall breaking the matrix, the firmament, by launching a tree at it, and what you thought was Kong Skull Island is actually a hologram, or a uh, digital simulation, like a projection, upon a glass uh, dome, like a uh, little arena that they're keeping them in. They're basically introducing scientist lady and deaf girl, that's kind of insensitive. I don't really want to judge it because she's, but they do. She is deaf. I'm gonna call her uh, the little girl, uh, scientist lady. And now we go into the full monarch. I mean, this is real time. The movie started when the the podcast started. This is real time. Title sequence, credits, the classic monarch, um, vintage newsreel slash um, slideshow. The, the very pre- very professional PowerPoint presentation. The Admiral begins his expedition. Searching Hollow Earth expedition. Admiral Bird. The, the discovery and the release to the world of 
Operation High Jump is written on the title sequence. Uh, so this is very much inside the lore of the conspiracy theory of the Hollow Earth. Antarctica is directly referenced as the entrance point in which is used to return to the Hollow Earth. It's not a secret within the movie that its major plot hinges on uh, like hinges on the discovery and the like the reality of the Hollow Earth and their pursuit to deliver calm to the Hollow Earth. Now, Godzilla representing atomic energy, representing the chaotic, uh, combative elements of nature, the destructive forces of nature. They go on to show a blueprint of the dome. They go on to show a blueprint of the firmament and its many different, like, triangulations and rings of entry and things. It's very, uh, very good, very science fiction. I should be taking screenshots as well. When I think about it, to kind of like help highlight my uh, viewing experience to the YouTube channel. Basically, though, the idea that they're trying to get across with the title sequence is that in some kind of March Madness era tournament. Uh, these two beings have kind of defeated all other competition. All other titans are destroyed. And they, they do set this up in the title sequence that Godzilla and Kong are the only two basically left alive. Maybe the last podcast I ever record. And look, I know I said that last week. And yeah, maybe, maybe yes, one of the main characters is a podcast host, a conspiracy theorist podcaster with insider information. We're going mainstream, exactly. We're going mainstream with the new rock stars. And believe me, this flood... It's gonna wash away all Apex's lies. You can believe that. Apex Cybernetics is in Pensacola, Florida. We dreamt of new ways to push past the limits of human potential. Robotics, the human mind, artificial intelligence. Who knows what brave new future we'll dream of next. And this is all occurring in Pensacola, Florida, by the way. Walter Simmons. And it is my privilege to lead Apex into humanity's all new era. We're not going anywhere. And neither are you. There you are, baby. This podcaster is not really given a lot of backstory, but he's more of like a visual sight gag. So for those who can't see, he's like, um, how would you, how would you explain this character? He's very neurotic. He's very like, you know, kind of falling over himself. Like, like kind of like, uh, he's filled with a lot of nervous energy. I mean, really, doing here. Why are you here? This isn't engineering. Because you know I had to wait because they're rendering these new specs, which is going to take over uh, uh, this calculator mode over one hour, maybe even more. So my foreman told me to just uh, take a walk and make some 
new friends. Oh. Oh, now that we're new friends, I can share something with you, right? I, I know it's in here somewhere. This is hand sanitizer that I made from my own garden. It's really amazing. Uh, don't know if I use that. Uh, ah, yes. This, check this out. That right there is radio mesh networking with a voice record subprocessor. Guess from what? Come on. I don't care. A toaster. <laughs> it's from a toaster. Look at this thing. I have to go to the bathroom. Is it one or two? Because if it's two, it's probably from these apples. Hey, hey you want to use the hand sanitizer that I made? I'm good. Okay, I'll just stay here. It's always good to start your movie with a solid shit joke. It's always good to start your movie with a solid shit joke. So he hacks into the Apex Industries mainframe using a... Because this guy's obviously an engineering genius. But he's also an insider and a podcaster, so he's, he's one of the good guys. And... Um, Well, sight gags. He's basically the Jar Jar Binks of the movie. <laughs> he's basically the Jar Jar Binks of this film. And that is a completely random character that is in, in a porn trilogy with absolutely no justification for the fact they simply want to kind of like relate to children and young adults with, with sight gag comedy. And there even was just a scene. Godzilla's now appearing. He's kind of like cruising, he's got his blue lights on. Pensacola, home of sea monsters, absolutely a thing. Godzilla's attacking Pensacola. Mandarin and Mandarin. That's right. You got your Chinese corporate um, technocrats. And then you got, obviously, planes that fly too slow and too low. Oh, no, not civil quarters. It's four bars in one. Oh, no. Historic downtown Pensacola. right now in a time of crisis is incredibly unprofessional. We should be talking about evacuation, you know what I mean? No! Okay! Ah! Godzilla busted him out of the, the oh. joint. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of an old... Godzilla hit the bunker he was in, or the hallway he was in with a radiation blast. You have to be directly touched by radiation for it to hurt you. And, um... You can walk off explosions and debris. Like, like there's no such thing as, as any kind of like concussion. Godzilla's just laying the place to waste. Like he's just incinerating every square inch with the fire breath. This is CNN breaking news. 
The United States Navy's fourth fleet is deployed off the southeast. I don't know why the Navy keeps making these movies, but they Southern have Godzilla to approve attack. these movies if they're using them. So the Navy is funding and using and making these films. Made landfall in Pensacola, Florida. Blurring the Florida edge of reality, disclosure. This movie's all about breaking the fourth wall between after the first fact and fantasy. And it makes the fantasy years. very realistic in a strange way. Not the it's fact that it's two monsters fighting, but the fact that CNN's a real thing inside the movie universe, which covers the kaiju attacks. And this element of the Miley Bobby Brown uh, teenage element is very Stranger Things, very, uh, it's very new, new 80s era young adult adventurism. And the imagery that they use is actually very... Uh, it's very Saturday morning cartoon. Dad, I'm telling you, there is something provoking him that we're not seeing here. Why else would Godzilla flash an intimidation display if there wasn't another Titan around? That podcast is filling your head with garbage. You should be in school. Podcast should be outlawed for teaching I don't want you to help. I want you to stay safe. To do drugs. We needed a plan to keep peace with these things, and the best one we had just went down in flames. I don't have any more. Thing that I is to be worrying about you. Godzilla saved us. You were there with mom. You saw it. How could you doubt him? There has to be a pattern here. There does A reason why he was provoked. There isn't. How do you know that? Because creatures like people can change. And right now, Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people, and we don't know why. So cut your pop some slack, would you? See you at home, Dad. You want to know my theory? I mean, of course you do. That's why you're here. Come on. It's all about patterns and variables. All right, stick with me. I'm Titan Truth Podcast. Okay? And it's a pyramid with a monster eye in it. Is the only and she's drinking energy up. drinks in her, in her little, like, solid. I don't know how her dad is apparently the very important part of Monarch. And she's got, like, her own house. It's in high school. Is that our own house? <laughs> is that our own house? Meanwhile, they do a jump cut to a professor who looks like he uh, is a Norwegian fisherman. If you if you want an appointment, my office hours are nine to five. Please up to land. He's the cool professor. He's got the converse on. We don't do normal hours, do we? I've been fixated on Hollow Earth for as long as you have. Your theory that it's the birthplace of all titans is fascinating. Your book was very impressive. Oh, yeah? Well, I got about 30 unsold boxes in my apartment if you want some. <laughs> Walt Simmons. I know who you are, sir. It's an honor. No, the honor is mine. As is the urgency. Godzilla has never attacked us unprovoked before. These are dangerous times, Dr. Lind. Allow me to introduce our Apex Chief Technology Officer, Mr. Renzerizawa. He has, uh, it's very East East West at this point, where you have a Middle Eastern and a uh, Chinese representative, or a Japanese representative of the Asian Eastern element, the Oriental element, and this American professor. An ecosystem as vast as any ocean, right beneath our feet. An ecosystem as vast as any ocean. 
Power Earth theory, Power Earth uh, data and points that are validating the science behind it, treating it as a real... sun fuels planet surface, this energy sustains the hollow Earth, enabling life as powerful as our aggressive Titan friend. If we can harness this life force, we'll have a weapon that can compete with Godzilla. I need your help to find it. Souls are unscientific. They're all life forces. To read the reviews, sci-fi quack trading in fringe physics. Where to put my office? I'm in the basement, right across from flute class. Besides, I'm not with Monarch anymore. I should just hang myself. I'm right in front of the fruit. I'm right in the flute class. I just hang myself. I'm sorry about your brother. He was a true pioneer. Thanks. If anyone knows who this guy's brother is, let me See, know in the comment section or anything. Suggest a habitable environment down there. So, what really? Like, if, this, if this is a repetition mission. of a character that was already Let's mentioned inside the lore, let me know. You had a gravitational inversion. A whole planet's worth of gravity reversed in a split second. They were crushed in an instant. What if I told you that we, at Apex, Although I would like to let everyone know that if the whole world's gravity switched in an instant, it wouldn't increase, it would just change direction. One, you're already existing in one world's worth of gravity. It would just change from up to down. It wouldn't crush you. It would just make you throw up. It would crush you. It would just make you throw up. Help everyone. Finding this needle in a haystack is our best shot against Godzilla. Well, I, uh... And Ricardo Montalban. I might have an idea. But it's crazy. I love crazy ideas. They make me rich. I don't always have ideas. And what I do, they are Are crazy. you guys familiar I with genetic memory? It's a, it's a theory that all Titans share a common impulse to return to their evolutionary source. Like spawning salmon. Or sea turtles. Or giant apes. So if, if this is the Titan's home, and this life force sustains them... A Titan could show you the way. Yeah. With a little help of an old colleague. That scientist lady in a magazine called... The Kong Whisperer. They're now back at the King Kong sanctuary slash like uh, little dome, Thunderdome, the Shatterdome. Uh, they got them in like a little sports arena. It's not little, it's huge. They got them in this huge sports arena and it looks like Monster Island on the inside because of the holograph camera. Basically, Scientist Lady is like the mother of the little girl who speaks in sign language. I have a feeling this, this movie was made for children. The second you 
can't keep him here forever. No. Our meddling has already wreaked havoc on Kong's habitat. No way am I letting you drag him halfway across the world to use him as a weapon. No, not as a weapon, as an ally to protect us. Lead the way down there. What even makes you think that he'll go in? You always believed that Skull Island was like hollow earth come to the surface, right? And that's where Kong's ancestors came from. Mm-hmm. Through the entrance in Antarctica, we With all the excitement and passion of arguing over what ours. color to paint a house. Hers. That power source may be our only hope. We gotta stop Godzilla. This is our only chance. We have to take it. There's like this weird proximity between the characters where they're doing like a um, a Jurassic World like bicker argue between two colleagues that used to be kind of intimate and apparently there's like a child involved with the deaf girl and so okay yes all right but when it comes to Kong what I say goes <laughs> you name the terms thank you sorry thank you you won't regret this Mm, I already regret this. Together. You and me. See, like, there's there's a lot of uh, time spent between the relationship of Science Lady and the little girl and a kind of supportive guardian role. Um, much more has been established in that front than like for example the original cast of the second film Godzilla King of All Monsters and there has been absolutely no mention of the supporting characters of that film and no mention of the characters of the first film and we are 22 minutes into it so there probably will not be any mention of the characters of the first film or the second film. This is a Kong uh, Skull Island tribute from 2017 where they're playing like Vietnam War era music and having like uh, that that afternoon golden sunlight play on ships as like a Navy flotilla, an escort travels or takes Kong to Antarctica. Well, he can smell you too. Still not a fan, huh? What you saying? Just an ewe expression. It means that you're very brave. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hey, use a light touch on the sedatives. He's our escort. We can't have him comatose when we reach Hollow Earth. What if Kong doesn't go willingly? What do you do then? Dr. Lind, please report to the forward deck. Dr. Lind. Excuse me. New arrivals. I'll call down as soon as have Nathan Lind, mission chief. Yeah, don't worry. 
I'm just here to babysit. Michelle Rodriguez could not be the available for this role. So we got someone who acts like Michelle Rodriguez. I know you people think you're cutting edge. But these prototypes are looking to make what you've been flying look like you's Miatas. I love Miatas. Forget about the price tag, which is obscene, of course. The anti-gravity engines alone produce enough charge to light up Vegas for a week. Feel free to be impressed. at the Antarctica entry in 48 hours. This path will get us into hollow earth. Once we're inside, Kong should lead us to the power source. Now the gravitational inversion will be quite intense. Our best guess is that on entry it'll feel like bungee jumping with a cord tied to your lower intestine. But if your helicopters are as good as you heaves. say... If your heaves are as good as you say they are, I believe we can do this. Don't do the job. You just gotta do yours. This is a very low-energy, like, action briefing scene. Dr. Andrews, um, we've avoided all I think this element of the Good. film is the yes, weakest of the legendary of series. The military briefing right scenes are actually quite strong in this series as a whole. So if they meet again, and I gotta tell you that this is just falling flat on a lot of levels. I spent ten years on that island studying him. Casting chemistry, acting sure. choices, uh, cinematography. No you can find a number of reasons why immediately this is not like, you know, um, taking my breath away. When I watched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019, for example, I immediately picked up on the fact that it was like an army movie. It was like a war movie, you know, and I know it was the U.S. Navy um, starring in it and being the central focus but it was a war movie. It was a military movie with monsters in it. Same with the first one, 2014. It's mainly about the EOD officer and the naval infantry and the evacuation and the Navy planes and ships. And, you know, Godzilla's only in it for eight minutes. It's mostly the military taking uh, the bulk of the action. Also providing a number of the powerful cinematic, uh, cinemat uh, cinematic scenery. I want to think that these people got a lot of inspiration from um, uh, the Mothra little girl twin idea, but and the way it looks, um, it's like Meg, where you had that little girl in Meg being quite precocious between two kind of a very different adults, like a, a, the male and woman, uh, Jason Statham figure, and then the Australian woman figure. But there was also a lot of cinema, uh, cinematic moments where the screenshot was like the little girl and her littleness and a giant monster and its bigness. Like its enormity.
Nazis are now calling no sign language. And science ladies very impressed as it like rains. And this is like I guess Kim Cattrall from um, Kong. Um, you know the Jeff Bridges version. Because it's very much like the Jeff Bridges version. Kong is in like a little cargo oh thing. He's like chained up. In the midst of Godzilla's attack on Apex That's what this Zagola, is. It's like a, it's like a throwback to the Jeff Bridges King Kong. Classification. What I saw doesn't match any of the engineering specs I've ever seen. So what are they working on in such blackout secrecy? This could be the thread that finally unravels the Apex sweater of conspiracy. Man, I wish I had an audience. <laughs> Miley Bobby Brown's listening to the podcast and doing like her research and like listening to different episodes. And I was all like, I wish my audience is best attentive. I wish I wish I reached someone as easily as and intensely as you know, Molly Bobby Brown. It's the fat guy from Deadpool 2. To be clear, my brother can never know we took his van. Josh, to be clear, even if we got into I an like accident, his work. I, I don't care. No, yeah. That's no, what his role is. He's a fat kid. So. My mission, my he knows, yeah, I just don't think it's a good idea looking for some secret weirdo. I like Australians. I mean, we just had like an assembly about this. He's not a weirdo. He's a covert investigator, and he's the only one looking for the truth about That's right. Godzilla I'm a covert investigator. Let him look. Why do we have to help him? Because if we don't, nobody else will. Tells you podcasts are the new rock stars. Are you coming or not? And conspiracy theorists are the new rock stars. Conspiracy theorists are the new rock stars. That's absolutely true. Turns into Stranger Things in the van. Tells you. It's very Stranger Things. It's very much like 80s retro revivalism. For vaporwave music aesthetic. You know, every generation has it. So says, she Shut said consume. No, she said consume, again, so it's her fault that he did. See? Exactly. That's not the this translation. But it's strange that for young adults, they think the best way to tell a story is by slapstick comedy. One more place. Hey, you sell bleach? This isn't one of those internet challenge things. Because when I saw those kids, those detergent pods, I didn't know they were going to eat them. Still dealing with the lawsuits from that. Look, we're looking for a guy who works for Apex Cybernetics. Buys a lot of bleach, like every night. He's probably paranoid, high strung, doesn't like daylights, you know, has a lot of crumbs in his beard if he has a beard. Okay, look, you kids want some candy because I can help you with candy. Look at me in the eye, okay? I need information. Yeah, we want lots of candy. What are you doing? Oh, you mean Bernie. Yeah, I know that guy. He buys like a ton of bleach. I know where he is, too. If you buy a live fish, I'll give you his address. Bernie? Mr. Mr. Bernie, not all. Yep, that was definitely Mr. Bernie. Yeah, um... Hi! Hi, listen, we <laughs> want to talk about Apex and Godzilla. Oh, 
I do this for you. I suffer for you. The people. Knocking on a door. It's not no. bad. Bernie, it's it's the, the same level of comedy and Madison pacing as like Transformers or Bayformers. I really thought it I'm a Russell. Yeah. Right? And he's playing the uh, John Turturro type, like high strung uh, conspiracy theorist archetype. Excuse me, what is that stereotype? They put fluoride in it, learned it from the Nazis. Theory is a mixed docile, easy to manipulate. Conspiracy theories. Like, the, the kids yeah, are conspiracy theorists. Like, the heroes are conspiracy theorists. Thanks. Because conspiracy theorists are good people. I believe Godzilla's most recent attacks haven't just been random. I think he targeted the Apex facility. I'm of the same opinion. But why? What is Apex up to that's provoking him? And for five years, I embedded myself inside this company trying to figure out what their game was. Then, last week, I saw this. Manifest of huge cargo being sent from here to Apex headquarters in Hong Kong, which makes no sense because we are not equipped for heavy shipping. And then boom, Godzilla shows up. Caved in half a facility, but I got a sneak peek at some suspicious tech, which was hidden in a secret bunker. I mean, some pretty damn suspicious tech. Yeah, but what is that? That's, um, that's Gustinara single malt whiskey. Yeah, but it's in a gang holster. It was a gift from my Sarah. You have a Sarah? She was my wife. Um, she passed on. She was my rock. My truth. I'll tell you something, the day that this goes empty, that's the day you know I've given up. Bernie. I think we can help each other. Okay, I guess now that we're a team, I feel like we should come up with a plan. We're breaking into Apex. Wait, what? You heard her. Tap water. Shit. Okay, this is a really slow part of the movie. I don't mean for there to be dead air, but this is a part where I'm trying to see if there's any subtext or subtitles yet. Not a lot of disclosure besides the build-up to it. So far in the first half hour of it. But they are establishing, of course, the characters. and Because they have to introduce new characters. This is something that I'm kind of... Oh, apparently he had a twin brother, the scientist guy. Thank you. That I wish they had just continued the stories of the calm. existing so characters in this film that instead of trying to introduce I have been ultimately that original like, ideas. I that the only continuation being that of Maddie no. and Maddie having a different kind of personality with different 
and company her, met her friends, and obviously there's the conspiracy side of it. You know, That's appreciated and welcome. I'm just saying when as a reviewer, as somebody as a critic. Island, it wiped out the native people. The Kong saved her. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise then and there to protect her. And I think that in some way, he did the same. Do you think he would take directions from her? No. If we have someone who can keep the reins on Kong. Yeah, no one can keep the reins on Kong. And she's a child. Okay, this is going to be the the, uh, the beginning of the fight between Godzilla and Kong. That's what I was uh, trying to see where exactly this was going for in, in terms of pacing and storytelling. Yeah. I know Gia is only a child. There, There's kind of like a visual the build up to it that the, you can see the tension mounting that the little deaf girl is, is getting very alarmed and very alert. Navy takes the beating in this one, but in this scene specifically, but they, they pay for this. They obviously have to approve it. Once again, flying too low, too slow. Which I think is a criticism on the F-35s. <laughs> Storied and and you know, over budget <laughs> development history. Count as a Williams scream, but um, you know, in my heart, I, I believe that was a Wilhelm scream. Oh my 
Now the ship is underwater. It's flipped over. Kong is underwater. This is the, the Kong fighting for his life as he drowns, chained to the ship of the boat. The scientist guys helping him out. And simultaneously, as they scream, they release Kong from his bondage. And then Godzilla still, uh, you know, biting him and scratching him and shit. <laughs> a lot of emphasis on the fact that Godzilla bites. Which I think is a, an odd choice, because in other movies, Godzilla doesn't really bite very much. This one, he just chomps. He just chomps the shit out of Kong a lot. Alright, everyone's fine. The button flipped back over. Everyone's fine. Literally, like, everyone on the, on the bridge of that ship is, is A-okay. In a scene completely ripped off of Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, Kong starts hopping from battleship to battleship and lands on an aircraft carrier and then fights the, uh, you know, marine Godzilla as Godzilla swims around and, like, jumps up and shit like uh, an angel. Um, so it's absolutely ripped off of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Once again, a huge Navy commercial by... He would, he would join the Navy commercial final. <laughs> it justifies the spending budget. <laughs> it justifies the budget. We got all this funding. We got this funding. That's your taxpayer dollar at work, America. But you made this movie. You made this movie. You have your taxpayer dollar at work, America. That's the trailer shot, the money shot. Once again, too low, too slow. That's the Navy. We fly low, we fly slow. We fly low, we fly slow. Giant CGI and the sky beams are tight. <laughs> CGI energy beams are tight. Now they back go to the modern movie industry. Yeah, there you go, that's Chompy Godzilla, right? That's uh, Godzilla declined Dr. B. Join the Navy! Join the Navy! <laughs> he needs our help. There must be some way to disorient Godzilla. Death charges.
Yeah, by the way, Godzilla is drowning Kong with his tail. And then Death Charges uh, explode and apparently free him from this uh, doom. This, like, chokehold that uh, Godzilla had placed on Kong in the water. Kong throws up a lot of water. I've been there. And then rolls on his back and passes out. I have been there. <laughs> Circling back. This won't end until one of them submits. Shut it down. What? All of it. The guns, engines. Shut it down, right now. If we do that, we're dead. No, we're playing dead. No, we're making him think that he's won. Cut the power. Cut the engines. Kill everything that makes some noise. No. <laughs> I'm all the captains say absolutely Still fucking not. <laughs> But no, no, they shut off all their power systems for each uh, ship, and then Godzilla apparently thinks that the entire U.S. Navy has submitted to him, apparently, and he's, he's standing, like, waist-high in an ocean that's already established to be many, many times deeper than his body length. For example, like, yeah, you just saw an aircraft carrier sink into the abyss, <laughs> and Godzilla's like... Buoyant enough just to kind of like, like, kind of like, uh, bicycle kick is in water and basically stand like halfway up in it. <laughs> like, 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 buoyant enough where you can just like bicycle kick like a duck, like a duck and just kind of like sit on the water. He's like a big pelican at this point. As soon as we move, he'll be back. How are we supposed to get the rest of the way? This actor is definitely trying to do his best uh, Chris Pratt. Like his inner Chris Pratt. So jump cut, meanwhile, in the, in the child's story. Meanwhile! The conspiracy theorists do some breaking and entering into a, uh, you know, the old apex ruins in Pensacola. Right, man, Down a rabbit hole. This is at the Pensacola Theater. There are two theaters in the story. One of them is like this international globe-trotting story, and the other is like Pensacola-oriented. The fat kid from Deadpool 2 is trying his best to be, um, the guy with glasses in Deadpool 2. Oh, I forgot his name. Not a good sign. But he's also in Transformers, uh, for, um, he's, he's got glasses, he's kind of like a nerd. 
but also kind of like a stupid stoner. Uh, what are we looking at? No, 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 no. He was also an underwater. Uh, what I was that guy's name? It was right there. Hey guys. I don't know, I don't care. It's like, I don't know, I don't care. I know that there was something. I get a migraine from that torch on Sundays. So, how deep does this thing go, Ernie? But he is definitely, he's wearing glasses, he's got his hair, shoulder length. He's definitely trying to be that guy. And he's got his mannerisms and his comedy approach. So now they are in Apex Technology Center and they're finding like this construction factory for a uh, showroom what floor for it's breakaway civilization. Breakaway civilization <laughs> level of advanced technology. Huh? The disclosure is going to start starting pretty soon. The economy is all to find a hidden colony for the elite in case any of these governments and mega corporations accidentally hit the doomsday button. Makes sense if you think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's all the window. Someone's coming. What? What? Okay, I'll, I'll actually do it. 15 Governments seconds back. Mega hit the button. 30 seconds. Breakaway civilization. I mean, come on, this is page one of the Apex Playing God handbook. Huh? I mean, the Illuminati running shadow economies ought to find a hidden colony for the elite. In case any of these governments and mega corporations accidentally hit the doomsday button, it makes sense if you think. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to use that as a soundbite and, and use that in all my videos as an intro from now on. Okay, so to describe what just happened visually, they got into some kind of, like, pod that was carrying cargo, which was, like, monster eggs. And they got into some kind of high-speed rail system, and then just kind of, like, were shot off. Wait, it said near 1,000 miles per hour. It was 600 miles per hour when it, the last uh, number it showed on the scale, and it was increasing. So it was already past Mach 1 as some kind of, like, advanced supersonic um, rail system, magnetic rail system that Apex Industries in this breakaway civilization uses to traverse the world from Pensacola, Florida to Hong Kong, China, um, you know, literally through high-speed rail systems that are like, underneath America 
or underneath other nations and other countries and continents. Now they are flying King Kong to Antarctica via helicopters. They are releasing him. He's waking up. And there's a portal to the hollow earth with a big vault door over it. And what appears to be some kind of like secret base facility. There's already a lot of construction like radar dishes and shit like cranes hanging out. And Kong is like, you know, obviously like, oh, what's snow? They want you to focus on that. They don't want you to focus on the fact that they already got this fucking vault set up. It looks like a giant mine. Like a giant, like, uh, you know, a mine. Like a big, a big door fortress type thing. It's a monarch outpost. And in the setting of monarch, they've already been in Antarctica. They already have these bases. You know, it's a typical monarch-like super door. And of course, things are going to get real as we are going to get all up in the hollow earth. Kong is doing his little like, you know, they're trying to make a dramatic tension. This is where the, the silence is coming from. But it's going, he's going to enter the hollow earth. And we're going to do some a little exploring, so stay tuned for that. I'm going to have to switch recording reels. Um... You know, I thank you guys for your patience for, for staying tuned so far on this kind of Mystery Science Theater approach to it, this Rift Tracks approach to King Kong, Godzilla, and Disclosure. They're wait. definitely... You know, I appreciate you guys' interest in this uh, sincerely. This next hour will be all-out uh, Disclosure, um, Breakaway Civilization-type uh, confessionals. As well as the real action, and um, you know, it, this is this is absolutely um, one of the more enjoyable little little parts of right. 2021, let alone even 2020. So, thank you all very much. Uh, I'm having a time, uh, you know, I'm having a, a great time uh, doing this, and so hoping you're having a great time uh, listening to it as well. They're just doing sign language. It's odd, I know, when you're watching a film and you're like, there's no one talking and it, it only makes sense because it's visual and because it's sign language, you kind of have to like... Pacific Remy. This is very, uh, like Avengers level, like, you know. And it, it becomes kind of like Star Wars a little bit. Like, it's hard to explain. The lighting, it's like neon tubes and like black cockpits and like hangers with like spaceships flying out of them. It's, and, and they fly through that tunnel. It looks exactly like the Millennium Falcon um, flying scenes and the, the last Star Wars and stuff. No, it, it has a very Star Wars aesthetic to it. 
I'm not saying that that's like terrible. I'm just saying this is what it looks like to me currently. If you're watching it too, um, let me know what you think of these scenes if it invokes any other imagery because this is very much like how like if they the one that fucking makes Star Wars with Godzilla in it. Like they're wearing spacesuits. Until gravity inverts itself and spits us into free fall. And like Black Panther, they're gonna have to fly into the hollow earth by going one way and it's gonna like turn them upside down. It's gonna invert them. And I keep thinking this is gonna crush them, even though like I said before, gravity wouldn't increase, it would just change its direction. It's like saying if gravity flipped itself on Earth, you would just float up. You wouldn't crush. And then they do the Stargate portal scene. This is this is officially straight up Stargate. It's like they're warping. Like they literally go through a, a portal of colors and rainbows. It's just like the rainbow bridge from uh, the Thor films. Now they are in free fall to the hollow earth, and it's a giant, like, mountain range, and they're free falling, the human and, uh, Kong make eye contact, and everything's alright. Kong catches the mountain with his face. Apparently he's got enough inertia that he's just like grinding into pure stone. They figured it out. He's just running around now. As apparently gravity uh, just is like a surface level phenomenon on these land masses where everything if you're close enough to the ground it's like you're in a regular place but like the ceiling and the walls are all like land masses with trees and like animals and birds and shit and like uh like if you're close enough to the ground apparently everything is just right side up feeling but like there's like you know forests growing on the ceiling and like waterfalls and forests like up the sides of them. It looks like Fern Gully. It looks like the Avatar world. It's just a bunch of fog. It's just a bunch of fog and bullshit. It looks like a. Uh... Oh, wait, there's a dragon. <laughs> a dragon just like came and took out one of the fucking uh, little hovercraft and Vinger mobiles. The giant flying cobras. No, those are the warbats. That's what the name was, the warbats. 
toiled over him. They fired missiles at it. These ships are basically the Valkyries from um, StarCraft. They're like little pods that shoot a shitload of missiles. Kong is racist against reptiles. Sucked out the the, the dragon's the brains like a crawdad, and now it's like running on like lava fields, and they're just showing the alien biology of Earth and Earth. A big fat old happy looking uh, gecko. Kong's probably gonna double back and. Curb stop it because he's a racist. Because he's a racist against reptiles. He seems to know where he's going. Oh, he certainly can move. See, it's like there's two mountain ranges. Like the one that they're on and the one immediately above them on the ceiling of the area they're in. Rocks are floating around like fucking Avatar. Um, that's absolutely a thing that happens in Hollow Earth. Um, and of course there's unobtainium hanging out it's, it's very much just like Avatar <laughs> this game Kong goes to Avatar told you Avatar's coming out that's going to be a new thing uh, this decade for about five fucking years solid we're going to have nothing but Avatar bullshit going on I believe I can fly better wings and touch the sky There's some like weird mud flood fucking stone fossil bullshit going on here like symbolism because there's a giant hand made of stone that looks like King Kong's hand It's alluded to be a statue so either Kong people made statues at some point or a big Kong died and became like a giant rock. Okay, okay. So there's a lot now. of symbolism behind that. They said the symbolism is going to come pretty fast and pretty hard. Now we're in Hong Kong. This is like Hong Kong 2047 fucking shit. This is like uh, Hong Kong in the far future. There's neon lights piping. People are wearing black. Uh, you know, it, it, it's... Vaporwave Star Wars? I don't know exactly yeah. like Hong Kong if it, there's a lot of fog, there's doors coming down and sliding down like every time I swear doors hate us. I'm saying I'm not this looks like a studio that they had filmed Star Wars on previously. It looks like where Kylo Ren would live. friendly term for sacrifice pit I'd say we well, are in it oh god there's like stinks. blood and shit oh that was like a fucking human skull 
Oh no, it's a giant eyeball. It's a giant kaiju eyeball. That was a human skull with a spine. <laughs> no, no, just, just a giant monster eyeball. All he did was drink from a glass of whiskey, and that was apparently enough to say that he was both rich and evil. <laughs> also, no one sees the people on the on the on the ground right where the Mechagodzilla is rising. This is Mechagodzilla's introduction, by the way. Rising from the ground. And lights are turning on in the facility all around him. They're literally just standing there in awe. Okay, so Mechagodzilla is basically a uh, the Green Ranger Zord. No, it's this it's a robot that is psychically linked to a human being that's in a computer that has a bunch of like neon tubes, like this giant rave computer. And um, this this guy is apparently in this like deep trance. Using his mind to control Mechagodzilla. I believe it was the Asian from before, the uh, the technocrat Chinese guy from the beginning, where Pensacola was attacked. Because the billionaire is watching from a balcony. See, no one sees these people running and screaming as the monster is released literally 50 feet away from them. Mega Godzilla grabbed it and, like, face fucks it with a giant laser and, like, cuts it in half. Yeah, the guy watches it, a very dangerous laser without sunglasses, but but covers his eyes to shield him from the you know cornea searing effects. Not not that the fact that he would have sunglasses. <laughs> Knowing that a laser is going to be shining directly into his eyes. Oh, they'll find it. I have faith in my daughter. I have faith in our creation. My humanity will once again be the apex species. But he doesn't have faith in sunglasses. This is why Godzilla When seeing cornea searing lasers. They're trying to replace him. Just kind of cruising. 
Oh, I was gonna say, there's no context to where this Godzilla was. He just got into the ocean where he, I, I'm assuming he belongs. <laughs> Sir, Godzilla just made an abrupt change in direction. He's moving very fast. Projections show he's likely headed to Hong Kong. Transport is ready and waiting to take you there, sir. Another Kong uh, turned into stone. It is right there. The Kong skull now landed the rock. And they go to Mount Mordor. No, they go to uh, Mount Maru, the black magnetic mountain in the center of the uh, center of the world, apparently. They're in some strange desert. And a giant door carved into solid, uh, solid heart of a mountain. Kong is putting his palm on the, the rock and opening the door. Giant Nephilim built giant doors. Like they find all the monoliths, these big ass 30 to 60 foot tall fucking doors. It's like, a, it's like a, a throne room, kind of, but it's like natural. It's like, uh, like an inner chamber that was created by like the, uh, an extinct volcano. It's like a volcano. It's a volcano. He's in a volcano. There's like lava and shit, and like bones. What appears to be a something with an axe in his head. I don't know, I can't say that's a Godzilla skull, but like it does look like something with an axe in his head. We got a monster. It's a strange reaction just to finding it. It's home. Strange thing. We're kind of like just showing the, uh, the hollow earth, like volcano, and then these like ships that have force fields. And the force fields are caused by plasma, which is like this high electrical discharge um, due to their engines. And they talk about how their engines can power Las Vegas. Like each single one of these ships is like, a, is like high voltage. So exactly, there wasn't anything being said, but there was a lot being shown and how they, they moved and everything. What's happening now is Kong is sitting on a chair. So that's going on. And they're in like a cave with like... Ooh, 
Lava. Now we're in a city. Apex Cybernetics. That's pure gold. Like if Jar Jar Binks and Alex Jones had a baby. Like if Jar Jar Binks and Alex Jones had a baby. Monsters hero in the hood. It's DNA. Self-generating neural pathways capable of intuitive learning. Okay, I'm smart, but I only go to high school. It's a living supercomputer. I always thought that she's called Monster Zero too. Monster Zero sounds so badass. What's <laughs> zero? <laughs> like wait, number? No, no, that would be zero. Communicated telepathically. And there's one here. Another one inside of that that thing. Well, what's it got Bill? Like Monster yeah. One? Sciatic <laughs> interface. Godzilla dies, they turn into like rocks. 
that glow blue and they have radiation. Blue means radiation is weak. So now Godzilla's like charging up his laser and burning the whole a hole from Hong Kong to the hollow earth. Now we're back with Kong, who's underneath Godzilla in this very moment. They got some kind of... See, this is like Star Wars. It's very Star Wars-y. What are you doing? Extracting the sample. And they got this droid this going to harvest you can't just drill into some it. of the shit. Some of the rocks. With My lasers. father gets what he wants. That's Apex property now. What? Yep, they got the crystal. They're doing some science on it. Like the Mars rover. Energy signature incoming. We should be able to recreate it soon. That is the discovery of the millennium. You can't strip it for parts. Hold it. Yeah, the evil Michelle Rodriguez one pointed guns at the uh, science lady and little girl. In full view of Kong, right in in front of Kong, despite having clearly been there for all the the, the discussion about how Kong and them relate and like he loves her and all that. It's kind of a stupid idea. When Kong warred, all these bats showed up, so that's going on. Then they cut to the billionaire guy and the Chinese scientist. He's been coming for us. Since our creation first awoke, we must embrace it. We shouldn't rush this. We have no idea how this energy source will affect the makeup. We're in the goddamn chair. Bats. Okay, so we're going back and forth. Now we're back in Hollow Earth. The bats are being bats. And eating their body weight in mobs. Every night. Now they're kind of like separated from their from their ride, their escape pod from their vehicle by two bats that are like eating a dude. And the Chris Pratt guy's gonna throw a brick at Thing's head, distracting it. Godzilla breaks him out of the joint. <laughs> These scenes kind of remind me of when, like, the old cowboys would blow up a jail cell and not hurt the guy inside. <laughs> and you're like, they blow up a fucking jail cell, you're inside of it. See, there's, like, Shoot it! Go, go, go! No, 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 no! 
Evil Michelle Rodriguez character was just crushed by um, Kong. Another symbol for another scene of uh, an image of what appeared to be either a statue or a stone cone falling down. Kong grabbed the axe, jumped into the uh, Bugs Bunny oh, hole yeah. that Godzilla just burned through the entire Earth itself. Chris Pratt character, science lady, and little girl are the only survivors of this expedition. All the evil Apex people have been have been killed. The billionaire's daughter is dead. This is the uh, Maddie story. Conspiracy theorist Jar Jar Binks, Alex Jones. It does look very ravey, to be honest. It looks like... I know what it... Maintenance. Um, it, I'm here Madison, for maintenance. Madison, you I'm maintenance. You don't have to alert the... This she doesn't buy that. Uh, Madison, we need to go. The woman with the villain hair... Very vaporwave. So very, very hey electric guys, blues. Hey, very I'm pinks. Very, um, you know, magentas. Purples. Okay, Kong has apparently climbed literally to China. He has dug literally his way to China. Oh, it's like Godzilla was just looking at Kong, so what did he get bored? He just kind of like turned around and was like looking into a window. Anyway, point is, there's this like neon, gigantic, awesome cityscape. He's got this like neon axe. Very colorful, very saturated, and awesome. And Kong kills hundreds of people with an axe swing to a building. And Kong is directly responds to the deaths of thousands of human beings. before that if you hit a Godzilla dorsal plate with fire breath it becomes like strong but that's exactly what's going on here and Kong just hit Godzilla in the leg with an axe but Godzilla just it out and then threw it into a building presumably killing hundreds of people <laughs> which in comparison to what he's doing now which is literally cutting down the entire Hong Kong cityscape every building at like a, you know same level 
presumably would kill millions. And it's established that, that he is cutting straight through these buildings. It's like Pacific Rim when they had their battle in Hong Kong, um, aesthetically. But imagine if the Kaiju and the Jaeger were the Rampage characters. And imagine if Godzilla was just knocking down every building at once. <laughs> Godzilla uh, was shooting his breath beam as Kong was uh, using the axe to absorb the energy, and then Kong got a good hit on the head of Godzilla, you know, basically just beamed him, just bashed him with it, and then uh, Godzilla kind of falls back unconscious, and the the human Chris Pratt character literally turns to the camera and says, well, I guess got Kong in round two. What's, you know, what happened? We're not at the end of the movie, so you know there are going to be future developments, but it is now tied one-to-one. Uh, Maddie is on. being led to directly to the billionaire, again. apparently, <laughs> in, <laughs> along Actually, with Jar Jar Alex Jones. Like and this, I'm level two assistant engineering. We're provisional level two assistant engineering. Not like you would know that. I mean, my... Evaluations were incredibly incredible. I'm just saying, Greenpeace wishes. That's all I'm saying. Where do I know you from? Oh, my goodness. Director Russell's daughter. Yes? You cause all of this. If by all of this you mean I and I alone have given humanity a chance against the Titans, then yes, I will own that title. See, it's assumed that he didn't know who these people were before he had them brought to him. They could just have been random strangers. Were he's going to give everyone the same speech? Seems to have been providence. Godzilla is up. We're walking around. Gone. Just bulldogged him into a building. Got him in a chokehold. Godzilla's chomping him. Like I said, this is round three. Godzilla's super chompy. Chopping him again, chopping him in the neck, chopping him in the hand. We're basically going at him like a Guyana. Guyana. No, he's gonna come out a dragon though, he really is. Do what you're hearing or Godzilla chomps. 
Also, I like how they went with the claws. And then... Good old crushing in a rib, rib cage. Just stomping on a rib cage. And, and I think in this scene, heavily kind of revealed that it's not a fight to the death. It's just a fight to, like, one taps out. Which, in my opinion, since the first fight is already established, it's just a matter of who's going to give up. It already revealed that they're not going to fight to the death. Because they're both good guys. But this is like a fight between two good guys to see which one's going to be like... The boss. And it's like, I know it seems very weird and subtle. But it is heavily implied in this scene that uh, Godzilla defeated Kong. Thoroughly. Kong is just outmatched. Godzilla won. But Godzilla was never going to kill Kong. And I think that the dramatic irony was never if Godzilla was going to kill Kong or beat him. It was, is Kong going to save the world from a presumably berserk and, like, evil Godzilla? Which, no one believed Godzilla was evil in the context of this film upon rewatching it. There, it's, it's just a mystery. It's not only Godzilla's equal. And no one had assumed that Kong could have done that, you know, prior to it or during it. It wasn't like during the Vincent Godzilla King of the Monsters that they were like, oh, maybe we should get Kong to help out. Like, they didn't even fucking talk about it while this was all going on. Because Godzilla fights space dragons and shit. He's a giant dragon. <laughs> He's a giant fucking dragon. Like, this is how we, a species, win. See, ten years ago, when Gojira was first revealed to the world, I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw one thing. And that beautiful, amazing thing was... This is what I was saying before, is that they don't have the continuation of characters from previous films. The enemy isn't the military, which has been in all these films. So it's not like some general... It's not the eco-terrorist from Godzilla King of the Monsters, which did such hard work in establishing the universe. To have it all thrown away. And you have to rebuild the character. And you don't even give him a motivation except the fact that he thought about this when, in 2019. And that three years have gone by and he made a fucking robot. Like... That is powered by Monster Zero's brain because it has now killed the human pilot, and so it's now kind of presumed to be all Monster Zero because Monster Zero is now just like laying waste and shit to Hong Kong. And it broke out of the pyramid in a scene that reminds me of Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know, uh, 
image-wise and thematically-wise. I can't express that enough. That this is very much, at this point, uh, inspired by Neon Versus Evangelion. Specifically, the last episode, the fights uh, in front of the pyramid in uh, Neo Tokyo. Mech Godzilla's got shit like missiles. So it's Mech Godzilla versus Godzilla right now. We're going tub to. Maddie's looking on trying like she always does. Uh, she ha see, she's done this twice in this movie, but there's no continuation of the eco-terrorists or anyone else's influence in lives. We're not looking at her father and how he's reacting to this. Um, not the other characters of Monarch who, who also lost loved ones and, you know, gave, dedicated their entire careers and lives. Like, this is a movie in the Monarch uh, Godzilla universe without Monarch, really. While, while Mechagodzilla is wiping the floor with Godzilla, they have this really quiet, sentimental scene where the little girl is, like, feeling the ground and listening to the heartbeat fade of Kong, right? So they're kind of building up the dramatic tension that they have to save Kong. Meanwhile, Godzilla is literally getting curb-stomped through a building by Mechagodzilla in the background, and they don't even, they don't even fucking talk about it. There's, like, sentimental music playing, like, this is where you're supposed to, like, be about to cry, right? And in the background, Mechagodzilla is literally kicking in the back of Godzilla's head into a building. They don't even, they don't even look up. Like, they're, they're, they're locked in eye contact. It's like, if they told, because it's all CGI and green screen, it's like if they told the actors this is going to be a super emotional scene, and they had to focus, you know, and then... They just added in like <laughs> I think Godzilla kicking Godzilla square in the dick. Like he grabs him by the tail and just starts whipping him around. I figured at one point he's gonna grab his hands and be like, "Stop hitting yourself! Stop hitting yourself! Stop hitting yourself! Stop hitting yourself!" Where are you? Like, I understand that Mechagodzilla is supposed to be stronger because he was designed to be, but make him fight like a machine, make him fight like a robot, like if so you were fighting the Terminator, and he's kind of like efficient and cold. This one is like doing leg drops, this one's like body slamming him, this one's like, exactly like, <coughs> he grabbed sorry, he grabbed him by the back of the head and was like smashing his face in a different office building, and you're like... Exactly. I get that he's supposed to be um, super strong, but his body movements are more towards like a WWF wrestler than they are to like a robot. 
And they just had this like beam weapon exchange. Uh, Mechagodzilla's red, Godzilla's blue. The red just beat the blue. The scientists are like uh, recharging or kickstarting Kong's heart with the uh, defibrillator uh, flying machine. grabbed him and threw him into an office building. Sorry, after two hours of speaking, um, my thumbs get kind of apart, so I'm chewing on some ice. Which is something I often do in movies. I always find that everyone has their own little movie-watching quirk. I will oftentimes chew on ice while watching it. See, this guy's only getting curb-stomped, and they're playing the sentimental music, and the actors are all kind of, like, about to hold hands almost because they just, you know, woke up Kong. There's like violins playing, and it literally in the background, there's like Mike Godzilla just like is like picking them up and just like hurling them into like the debris, doing atomic leg drops on them. Exactly, like just... I always thought, uh, I thought when I first saw it too, it was immediately recognizable that, that it's just so. I think the contrast is so, is so stark. I laughed out loud when I first saw it. It's not a comedy, but I actually laughed a lot watching this movie. It's, like, it's not filmed as a comedy. It's filmed as like a young adult action science fiction film. Um, or a children's action science fiction film, to be honest. See, he's just dragging him through traffic and urban development. Like, I was at over, uh, how machines would fight, or how a, a space dragon would use a machine. And he's like, prying open his mouth and get it like, and skull fucking with a laser. But as we've already established, you have to be directly hit by lasers for them to hurt you. The Kong saves the day. They give him a taste of his own medicine and drag him through the city, killing hundreds of thousands of people in the process. Oh, yeah, Mega has got these like electro fists and like a knife tail. <laughs> Like a drill tail. Oh, well. Mega Godzilla chops him up with the axe. Oh, that was chops him down with the axe. Nope, oh, drill tail. First time we're seeing him with this drill tail. He's like, like not alluded to, not built up in the movie. He's got this drill tail. They were like working on the laser. They said they were working on the drill tail. 
now's the time. Cause drink. Well, drink. Hey, what are you? That's your solution. I gotta die here with you and sober. chops him up limb by limb from limb um, with the axe that was supercharged by Godzilla's breath weapon which is it's a, it's a very elaborate alley-oop way of beating somebody it reminds me of um, the the Sean Hobbs um, fight scene with the rock and with Jason Statham where they do like wrestling Nathan, moves okay? and they beat Idris Alba's uh, super soldier character the black superman character with like German suplexes and shit and like the alley oop the dude and like give him the 3D like in real life and you know like expect him to be like I guess that's a way of beating someone but like super over the top there's no such thing as robot gore but that was some pretty good robot gore Dad? Dad? were you in this movie? Dad? where'd you go? Are you in the movie? Hi, um, it was, um, Madison's idea. Shut up, Josh. Dad, this is the man who saved our lives. Bernie, meet Dad. Dad, uh, Bernie, um, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. I, 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 I was wondering if I could invite you onto my podcast to talk about the minor facility in Roswell, because I feel like there's somebody oh shut on these Let's never forget what really bad is here. Podcast. Conspiracy Theory Podcast. This movie, if anything, says the best thing about Conspiracy Theory Podcast. That we are a noble and heroic, relatable, salt of the earth people. We can be trusted to save people's lives as well as fight for their freedoms. The Conspiracy Theory Podcaster. Truly doing the work of God. And then Godzilla and Kong have to stare down. And it's like... Because, Godzilla, because Kong's got the axe of, like, infinite glowy blue glow. And then Kong drops the axe because he's like, no, we, you know, we're bro... He's, it's, they, they're obviously bros. They just help each other kill Godzilla. And then they try to make it play out like, oh, yeah, that was a question. And Godzilla's like, nah, we're cool. And then just kind of, like, walks off into the sunset... As everyone watches. Remember, Hong Kong is a super populated city that's completely in ruin now. 
Damn it, and it goes to this Kong Skull Island like hippie music um, kind of conclusion. With the very Chris Pratt Jurassic up, World vibe to it, because the guy's got his Chris Pratt vest on. Hollow Earth Kong monitoring stations. And that's the big reveal is now they're building a monarch station in the hollow earth. And it's like Tom's like, this is my home. And then he's like free to like run around. As they play like your um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Kongstall Island, like surprisingly optimistic music. You know, for, for a movie like that. And it doesn't end optimistically, it ends nicely. Both Godzilla and Kong are still alive. Both remain good guys. Both uh, have the chances for sequels and future movies together. And then you can have your franchise. You can have your cake and eat it too with this film. Um, in regards to the lore and the canon and the intellectual properties in present era, like the fandoms therein. On a greater extent, the movie is very honest and it gives a lot of disclosure and mainstream um, acceptance of what is arguably now the most important and relevant urban legends and, and conspiracy theories, if you want to call them that, if you want to keep them that way, are unknown truths, people like, you know, speculative points, discussion points. Scientific elements like that make up sci-fi, which are the hollow earth theory, which is advanced technology, which are, um, you know, matters of like, computers, things like that. And what they show in the movie are positive treatments of these theories. Um, and it's very refreshing. It's actually very uh, positive. And, um, you know, it, it's very optimistic. It's very enthusiastic. It doesn't do anything controversial, and I'm not going to judge it unfairly because I understand it's a young adult uh, movie. It's a feel-good movie. It's a movie for just regular people to watch and to have a good time and enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. It's not a comedy, but I found myself actually laughing a lot of times uh, along with the movie based on just how it embraced its own, uh, you know, points of necessity, its own cliches, its own stereotypes. I don't think it's perfect, but at the same time, I do like what it did with what it did, and the fact that it went the way it went, the way it went, um, very safely handling both issues, you know, and answering the obvious question: Godzilla did win, like Godzilla did beat Kong. They went round for round. Uh, Godzilla beat Kong in the water. Kong managed to beat Godzilla for round two. Godzilla then ended up dominating and then, you know, chomping and defeating on Kong round three. Mechagodzilla came, designed to beat Godzilla, and did so, saved by Kong. Uh, both remained good guys, then ended as friends. You know, ended as amigos. That's That's a good way to handle the story if you want to take care of your intellectual properties. You want to take care of your traditions and your lores behind both characters, right? Like, you don't want to close any doors 
um, and have to kind of answer any uncomfortable, awkward questions. You keep your reputation alive on both sides. The movie was, uh, CGI was great. It was solid looking. It looked really well. There was a lot of scene composure and a lot of shots. Like I said, that were derivatives of other films like Meg or like Jurassic World. Then ultimately the characters were just to pad out the fact that CGI is expensive and they couldn't have done a two-hour movie. Um, it, and, the, and in a lot of ways it was like who framed Roger Rabbit at this point because it's so much so that the humans are just acting alongside the eye candy and the, and the, the gimmick of the CGI and of the um, surrounding area. If you like setting, if you like, uh, you know, the sets that movies use, if you are a person who likes costumes, if you are, like, a person who enjoys that side of movies, um, you know, it would be an interesting take to, interesting to hear your opinion of it. I'm not very, uh, you know, well-rounded in that kind of stuff, but I'm getting more and more interested in that idea of films as living paintings, and there's a lot of work that goes into composing um, what's, what you're seeing in that regard, I guess in my first criticism of it, I'd say that's where it's weakest because the sets, like I said, look like they were recycled Star Wars sets and kind of generic and secondhand science fiction props. Um, Pacific Rim, for example, when you watch that movie, you fall into the universe and you absolutely believe that these things can exist. This is three films into it and some of the, I was actually kind of shocked by how low budget it looked. You know, and I think that that's a big point saying that the budget really went into the CGI and that those scenes really were not that important. But, you know, that's a matter of opinion. I really wish, uh, I really wish that Guillermo del Toro had made this film now upon seeing it several times. I really think that someone like Neil Blomkopf could have done a amazing film, or um, even Christopher Nolan, if given a chance at doing Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, I wonder how that story would have played out using the same pieces um, to create, you know, his version of the picture, his version of this picture. Um, using his aesthetic, using his eye to detail, and things like his costume design, um, his character development, and things like that, his his approach to it. I believe it. it I just may be very unfamiliar with how this director uh, typically works, typically creates. I don't know exactly everything that went on behind the scenes, you know, production wise. So, um, and this is obviously the edit that they went with so I don't know if there was stuff that was left on the cutting room floor or directions that were made late in the game when it comes to refilming other than that though I think that the film was great where it had to be great and okay where it had to just exist where it had just kind of like fill the time to get from point A to point B that being said, I give the movie about a good 4 out of 5 just because I simply enjoyed it so much. But I think critically it would be more of a 3 out of 5. 
because it has a lot of high standards, and so I'm going to have to kind of, I'll have to kind of officially sit on the three and five, three out of five um, stars, because to be honest, Legendary produced Godzilla 2014, which is an excellent dramatic film, um, but very kind of uh, weak when it comes to the monsters, when it comes to the kaiju, when it comes to that kind of element of the action, the reason why we bought the ticket. Godzilla's only in there for eight minutes, for example. Um, and that's where it suffers. King of the Monsters, the sequel, much the opposite. Its strengths are um, the monsters, and its weakness is the human drama, the human story behind it. That's where, it, you know, it's much like the mirror image, the reverse of the other one, right? And so its strengths are the weaknesses of the others, and its weaknesses are the strengths of the others. This had the strengths of King of the Monsters, which is the monsters, the imagery, the CGI, the effects, the action sequences, the way they played out, the, the choreography, the direction. Um, and its weaknesses were the human elements, so it doesn't seem to have progressed or changed at all from the momentum of King of the Monsters. Like, it didn't fix the problems found therein. So, given that I always considered King of the Monsters a 4 out of 5 film, I'm going to consider this film a 3 out of 5, um, simply because it had a chance to change itself, it had a chance to progress, but in hindsight, you know, you have to keep everything um, in, this, in perspective. So, this being the third in a trilogy, it's not bad. Typically, third films and trilogies are fucking god-awful. You know, the third film is always the worst, because it generally uh, has the weaknesses of both <laughs> instead of the strengths of either. And this one just feels like a repetition of King of the Monsters, but without any forward momentum. Um, which is a great thing. If you, if, I loved King of the Monsters. Uh, like, I had a great time. This film was extremely enjoyable. Um, it wasn't, um, it wasn't filmed to be an over-the-top comedy, but I end up, uh, really laughing out loud during a, a few of the scenes, and generally I had a smile on my face, and I've watched this film about three or four times, uh, so far. Um, you know, take, to take my notes and to, to, you know, figure out how I was going to do this video. And I gotta say, the disclosure elements are refreshing, they're encouraging, and the overall aesthetic of the film is great. The overall walk away is great. This is a fun film. This is a film uh, you can enjoy, and a film that's going to uh, be one of the more enjoyable films released this year. So, definitely, highly, highly encourage and uh, recommend it. Thank you all very much uh, for tuning in out there in Dreamland. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. This has been the Rumors of Instinct with the Rumors of Instinct podcast. God bless you and your families. Definitely, once again, highly encourage watching um, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, you know, Namaste and Shalom. Peace out, guys. Again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through, just like you, 
always do till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away so will you please say hello to the folks that i know tell them i won't be Don't know where, don't know.